Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Welcome to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host and radio wife, Leanne Whippen. Of course, she's a Hall of Famer. We've got Dave and Chris roaming around in the back, and uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. We're going to tell you about a special Painted Hills promo a little later in the show. Well, we've got a fun fellow here, and he lives in one of my old hometowns. I have multiple hometowns. Uh, Brad Prost. Brad's got a new book called Chilies and Smoke, uh, Barbecue Grilling and Other Fire-Friendly Recipes with Spice and Flavor. Uh, Brad, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. Uh, we got to get through the standard questions first. What prompted you to write the book? <laughs> um, I really... the. <laughs> I'll keep it as short as I can. I really wanted to write a legacy for my kids. Um, I'm adopted. I don't have a cultural food background. And my uh, wife is uh, from um, Juarez uh, down by El Paso. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I cooked a lot of international food for her. And I really, you know, just growing up in Phoenix and Arizona, I love chilies and spice and heat. Um, and I just wanted to kind of write my own food legacy and kind of discover that through food. So this has been in the works for a very long time. I'm just glad I was finally able to put all the ideas down and get it in a book so I can share that. Well, I think you did a really good job. Um, I do too. Yeah. I've been looking at it. We had endorsed the book. So there you I go. I did. Well, that's because <laughs> his uh, online presence and what he does there, uh, you know, it's just awesome stuff. So I knew the book, was going to be awesome, which it is. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh -huh. So we'll get into some of the recipes and the and the chili theories, as it were. But there's one thing I want to really compliment you on right out of the gate. You took the corn husks and cooked the halibut in it. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, what's funny is I remember writing that recipe and when the book was coming out, I, I flipped to that page. And I'm like, nobody is actually going to make that recipe. Sometimes in cookbooks, <laughs> you have that one crazy one. Yeah. Sure enough, like third or fourth Amazon review, somebody made it, could not believe it. And uh, they loved it. And I was so excited because that's a complicated one, but it's so fun to make. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's. It kind of answers the question. I come from the Northwest. We have a lot of seafood up here. Of course, Leanne has a lot of seafood down in Florida. I do. And that. But, you know, people, especially people that don't, you know, grill or barbecue very much, always have trouble with fish. They 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 do because it you know they they try to put it on a cedar plank or they they've got some other apparatus they're doing it still sticks blah 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 and I looked at that and I thought you know that's going actually way back in history 
the basis of that to what the natives did and and that type of thing but also it holds the damn fish together so that's really important <laughs> yeah that is <laughs> well you know like in arizona obviously we don't have a lot of seafood here uh, everything gets shipped in so um i definitely wanted to have cedar plank something and right. I wanted to do something that kind of reminded me of like uh, tamales. Um, and right. I just, I had seen somebody years ago cook a, a different fish. I can't remember even what it was. Might've been cod in a corn husk. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to write that down. So <laughs> I've, that's been in my notes for probably eight or nine years. Uh, and I've done it plenty of times on my own. It was just so fun to be able to share that one. So but uh, yeah, we, we're not good at cooking fish here. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I just thought it was brilliant because I had never seen that in a barbecue book before. So oh, thanks. <laughs> and, I, and I've got a lot of them. I can't say I've read every one of them cover to cover, but I had just never seen that. OK, um, one of the things that it's in the title, Chili's. And you you go in depth on a lot of chilies. You've kind of got a dictionary or a thesaurus or whatever you want to call it at the front of the book describing different chilies. But one thing I'd like you to talk to our listeners about is the difference in chilies and the difference in where chilies come from. Um, mm. You've got some recipes in there where I think you were using some chilies uh, in some like Thai food or something, something from Southeast Asia. And mm -hmm. then of course you've got the Mexican chilies that we're also fond of and uh, jalapenos and all that. But I think maybe if you kind of give us a two or three minute dissertation on the difference of those chilies, it might help folks. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And uh, um, the, the chilies are primarily from the Southwest because that's where I'm at. However, I've been very inspired by food from around the world too. Um, so I did include a few other chilies um, that are recognizable and accessible. The biggest key for me in writing this book is I wanted to make sure that the majority of people going to the store would be able to find this. Um, there were about four or five chilies that I had to cut simply just because I wanted the book to be a little bit more saturated with the chilies that it ended up with. Um, so we've got a lot of the core, you know, uh, Mexican and Central America chilies, like jalapenos, chipotles, uh, serranos. We've got a lot of dried chilies as well, like guajillo and ancho and chili arbol. Um, I also wanted to challenge myself and use bell peppers. Uh, while they do fall into that category, I think that they're very difficult to cook with unless you stuff a bell pepper and throw it on the grill, which is good. Mm. I just, I wanted to showcase different ways in using that. Um, uh, we've got um, uh, the Korean chilies. So both the chili flakes and uh, uh, gochujang, which is the fermented paste, shishito peppers, which are from uh, Japan as well. So really kind of um, moves around the world and ties into different ways. Um, and while I didn't have things like Kashmiri chilies or uh, Thai bird chilies, they were they were on the menu originally. But what I did is I ended up consulting with some experts from different parts of the world in those cuisines um, and talking to them about, um, I guess, the right way to make some of those family blends like Vindaloo or Tandoori. And I really wanted to make sure that if I was going to publish and say that this is a 
tandoori spice, is it okay for me to say that? Um, and, you know, through the research and kind of getting the thumbs up from some experts, um, I was able to do that and use the same chilies that were in the book. So it helped me make it easier for the reader. And that was really a, a big key is I, I wanted it to be as, as straightforward as possible. So you don't have to go online and, and buy some exotic ingredients. Yeah. They, let me rephrase that instead of they, a lot of our barbecue uh brethren with their books or with their online stuff jalapenos seem to be king all right um but there's a, quite a number of people too and they'll think i'm being blasphemous here but don't care for the taste of jalapenos just whatever it is that's fine i mean they're fine with me but mm -hmm. <clears throat> How difficult is in your work have you seen it, Brad, to get people to move away from jalapenos or serranos or even anchos and and try to work with some other other chilies and other peppers? You know, that was the main goal of this book. Um, and if you saw my process on writing these recipes, I look like a madman. Uh, I had his big spreadsheet. And I organized all my recipes by chilies, and then I organized them by the process in which they were used. I wanted to make sure they were fresh, they were in sauces, they were pickled, they were charred, sometimes a combo, they were smoked, they were hydrated, blitzed, dried, whatever. I really wanted as much variety with the processes as possible, um, which made it very difficult. And uh, I had to narrow it down and cut a lot. But I feel that with the explanation, the beginning of the book, where it talks about the flavor profiles, the chilies, mm -hmm. and really where they're at, um, if you read those, you should be able to understand what to expect on the flavors. To, so when you go into the recipes, there's a good chance you'll be able to substitute those with something else that you like or that's very close, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It definitely does. I like that. Yeah, it's very cool. We're talking with. Uh, Brad Prost, his new book, Chilies and Smoke, Barbecue, Grilling, and Other Fire-Friendly Recipes with Spice and Flavor. Uh, um, book question here, Brad. Did you do the photography, or did you have somebody help you with that? I did the photography, yeah. It was, uh, I would say, 80% in the garage, which is really funny. <laughs> wow. I like it. I like it. <laughs> How'd you, no, thanks. how'd you decide on your uh, cover shot? Um, that was a tough one. So I had staged a couple other photos that I thought could be a cover. And um, what I ended up doing is when we were submitting the photos towards the end, I picked like my top eight or 10 that we thought could be good. And the art team from the publisher ended up putting this together and, and choosing that because we were going to do something totally different that had a bunch of chilies on the front. Um, but at the end of the day, I think when you're looking at books and they're on a shelf, especially in the barbecue and grilling world, you want a big piece of meat. Like yeah. that's really what draws you in. And that's what we ended up deciding on with this. And there's a lot of books out there um, that have chilies, you know, clusters yeah. and, and uh, baskets of chilies and all that. So I think you made a wise choice there. Uh, mm -hmm. what was the toughest part about uh, writing the book? 
You know, I had a full-time job at the time. Um, I was a financial advisor for a big firm and I've got two kids and a wife. So to be honest with you, it was just juggling. Um, if book number two happens, I'll be in a, a better a better place to juggle all that. Well, you've got all those recipes that didn't make the cut in the first book. So you're halfway done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back here on Barbecue Nation with Miss Leanne and Brad Prost with his new uh, book, Chilies and Smoke, right after this. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation on usa radio networks and uh more podcast platforms than there are octopus in the ocean. We figured that out the other day, Leanne. One of the mm-hmm. guys was talking to me and he said, you know how you say there's, you're like on 4,000 of them when you're talking on the show? I said, yeah. He goes, you're pretty close, actually. So yeah, it's, a said, wow. it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. If you'd like to email us, you can uh, just go to barbecuenationjt.com. There's a little contact us thing at the bottom. You can send an email and either Leanne or myself will uh, answer that. And of course, we've got multiple Facebook pages and Twitter accounts and Instagram and Spotify and all that. So we're pretty easy to find. We're talking with Brad Prost today, new book out, Chilies and Smoke. Uh, one of the things you really hit on, Brad, in this is making the different sauces like adobo and, and that type of thing. Do you think that scares people uh, every day? folks, but it's just easier for them to go buy it at the store? You know, I do. And one of the biggest frustrations that I have with cookbooks is you'll see this recipe and it's got this awesome sauce and they might use it twice. And usually if they do, it'll be used in the same exact manner. Um, And I wanted people to say like, look, if they want to step up their game, they can spend the time making the sauce. It's going to make a couple cups, but I want to show them five different ways to use it at least, you know? Mm-hmm. So that way when they're flipping through the book, they're not only used, but they're used in slightly different ways to give people ideas. That way, when you make two cups and you use a quarter of it, you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I wasted all this money making this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my goal is not just in the book to show that, but also through social media. Now the book is out. That's part of my content strategy is I'm going to be using a lot of those sauces and rubs and continue to try to give people new ideas on how they can uh, use those in, in creative ways. Well, that's, you know, that's- I find the biggest challenge with any kind of pepper is you don't know what you're getting when you buy at the store. If you buy a jalapeno, you don't know if it's hot. You don't know how many to buy, you know, just because some of them are hot and some of them are not. Um, so what do you suggest people do in a recipe if they kind of taste their pepper and they're like, wow, it doesn't have a lot of heat. Do you say put more in to increase the heat, but you don't really increase the heat if it already has a stable level, you know what I'm saying? So should you add a different type of spicy pepper? I mean, what's your recommendation if you get like flat chili peppers or peppers in general? That is tough because I mean, I've even had a poblano chili that is just burned my face, <laughs> you know? So that's what makes it really tough. Um, I think generally with jalapenos, 
Larger ones are typically not as spicy. Uh, more bright green ones are typically not as spicy. Um, and Serranos are a close cousin and are significantly more spicier. So I do think that over time, as you find what your produce is that you have access to, you kind of learn what's consistent, what works, and you can adapt. Most of the time, if people don't think jalapenos are hot enough, I say go ahead and use a Serrano. But if uh -huh. you're in the heat of the moment and you're at home, um, what I'll do is sometimes I'll, I'll char the, uh, the jalapenos a little bit first, kind of brings out the heat. If you cook them too much, it'll start to mellow it down. Um, but if maybe you, keep uh, the seeds in too. Yes, the seeds and the membrane. That's a big, mm -hmm. big key. A uh, little bit at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also <You> can... <laughs> um, a, a good way to tell how hot a chili is, is to cut it as, as close to the uh, stem as possible. Um, because that's where most of the membrane and the seeds are. And that's, you can almost smell how hot it is a lot of times. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So if you, if you're cutting all the way at the tip, it won't give you really much any indication uh, as, it, as it will towards the end. So that's a good way if you're nervous to step into the chili game and want to start small, um, mm -hmm. slice it right by the tip and try there. And don't rub your eyes, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Wear gloves. <laughs> Wear oh gloves. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it is funny because some jalapenos and other chilies are so juicy too that even just slicing down aggressively will spray juice in your face. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> they're they're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, they are. I almost uh killed one of my co-hosts on television one day. I made some poppers tried them outside you know off camera over in the prep area they were fine to me and we got doing the segment and this and that and there was about a minute left and and she does not like spicy things this is helen raptus in portland and i said no i ate them off and you know i ate them off camera they were great and she grabbed one and she bit into that thing holy smokes she went down to her knees all you could see was her arm waving behind the counter. And she kept saying, take us to break, take us to break. Wow. I can't talk. And I thought they were just nothing. You know, see, everybody has a different level of heat. They can. Yeah. Take. Yeah. So now she tells me I tried to kill her. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, I really didn't, but. I think that little clips on YouTube somewhere too, if you want to find oh, it. We'll have to look for that. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we still got a couple minutes left in this I'm segment. I'm curious what you, you retired from your other job and you say you're going all in now. Uh, what is in, in a barbecue? I, it sounded like, so what does that consist of? That's a great question. So most of what I do is that I write recipes and shoot for, uh, product um, photography um, and videography, and then I'll review um, and kind of educate, like create educational videos for brands. So I've got a website, chiliesandsmoke.com, where I'll, I'll publish my recipes. Um, but then I, I publish a lot of work for a lot of companies. Some of them, uh, if you Googled me, you'd find it. And some of them, they don't tag me on who I am, but I'll kind of do some ghostwriting for it too. So um, I like to be known more for flavor than just being tied to like one type of grill or one type of process. So I have just about every type of grill outside and it allows me to really learn about all the different processes used. So um, it's really fun for me in my job uh, because then I get, I feel like I'm learning a lot more and have a lot more experience in various cooking methods. Yeah. Do you did grow you, your own peppers? I have. Um, we did at one of our past homes, we moved into this home not too long ago. So we have it here. It is really fun. Um, 
it's it's also interesting when they get too close and you've got multiple kinds of peppers that are very close because they'll cross pollinate and create like crazy hybrids too. Um, ah. So <laughs> it's fun, but um, it's tough, you know, with the the heat that we have out here, especially in summer when it gets yeah. up to 110, 115. Um, even peppers don't uh, don't last very well, so it's it's a seasonal thing for sure. Right. Oh, oh absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, if you've never been in Phoenix in July or August, don't touch your handle on your car. I'll just <laughs> I'll just kind of throw that out there, and you'll figure it out yourself. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Brad Prose from with his new book Chili and Smoke here on Barbecue Nation right after this. Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Networks. We would like to thank Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Painted Hills has got a special offering for Barbecue Nation folks. Uh, they redid their online store on their website. And if you go to there and select something, let's say uh, a T-bone, uh, you type in the code BBQ Nation. And you get 15% off and it'll ship it right to your door. So go to the Painted Hills website, click on the store, place an order, type in BBQ Nation. Uh, they thank you. We thank you. And it's all good. And also Pig Powder, Trim Tab's daughter and Pig Powder uh, mm -hmm. matron right now, Miss Leanne, is uh, working and managing the Pig Powder empire there it won the uh, best rub on the planet award it's used by a lot of winning pitmasters over the last 30 years and now you can buy your own online at pigpowder.com um and like i always tell people leanne may autograph something for you because she's famous i'm not but uh wow. she'll she'll do an autograph picture you know send her a couple hundred bucks and she'll do an autograph picture for you how's well, that well since we're doing a chili thing you could do stuffed chilies or jalapenos wrap it in bacon and put pig powder on it it's sweet with a little heat and it offsets the heat and it's very good so there's a little recipe for you sort of that works <laughs> that works um geez. <laughs> sorry i i just think that's really funny uh <laughs> Brad, when did you start getting into barbecue and grilling and that? Did you grow up that way with uh, with your parents, your adoptive parents and that? Or was something that came to you a little later in life? Barbecue specifically was later, uh, but I always did um, you know, grilling, just, you know, summer cookouts and stuff like that. My dad would tell me to keep flipping the chicken so it doesn't burn, you know, the yeah. little kid stuff, like mm -hmm. hold my beer, you know, that kind of thing. So. <laughs> But when I got to college, um, uh, right after my freshman year, I bought a real small townhouse and I got a propane grill 
um, because it was really affordable at the time. And uh, I learned how to barbecue on a propane grill. So I would buy wood chips and foil packs and I would smoke ribs um, and uh, pork shoulder and steaks and all sorts of stuff like that. And none of my friends liked to cook. So they would come over and bring me food and I would get to keep some and then I'd help them meal prep. Um, so I just, I learned how to, you know, get better, you know, just through yeah. trial and error with my friends and stuff like that too. Um, and then I got my first actual smoker right after I met my wife. Um, and we got married, I got, um, an off brand, like a uh, big green egg. So it was a, it was a black Kamado. Can't even remember the brand right now. Um, and it was, uh, that was my first actual smoker. So um that's when barbecue kind of really took off i was done with the propane barbecue <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and now you have barbecues popping up all over the backyard uh-huh. and smoke yes <laughs> it's it's a problem <laughs> <laughs> you're you know leanne, not for you uh, but for your wife I'm yeah sure. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say leanne you know we hear that all the time maybe we should we start do. some sort of intervention program with all these, I think that for every grill that a husband buys, the wife should get a pair of shoes. <laughs> She'd probably <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <clears throat> Don't tell my wife that she's already got two hundred pairs of shoes, so <laughs> she likes it. Um, when when you're when you're putting a book together like this, and we talked about sauces and stuff, but there's. I want to get a little more into the variations of sauces, Brad, you know, like adobo. There's, there's various ways you can make it. I mean, you can really put your own signature on that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so if people, again, let's go back to people that, you know, don't have a uh, asbestos palate, but they are are kind of working into this. How can they take one of your recipes and, and like you said, we were talking about, you know, kind of smelling the jalapeno or whatever, but how can they gear it up gradually or mm-hmm. with their version of a, yeah. it doesn't have to be adobo. It can be anything, but you know, well, I think adobo is a great place. You know, I, I created that blend based on the, the, the balance of flavors with chili um, because adobo specifically is not in, intended to be a very spicy paste, but you could do that. Um, you know, if you had chipotle chilies and you saw that you had a, an ancho or a guajillo, those are the two main chilies in the adobo sauce. Uh, you could remove one of those and add a few chipotles or some chili arbol and start to uh, hone in on, on the flavors that, that you really like. Maybe you want to roast the garlic um, or roast the onions before you add it in there. So I think the big key is there are some certain recipes that the ratios are designed that way because. Uh, they they hold their they hold their own like the guajillo ketchup or the chili verde sauce mm-hmm. um but you can customize the flavors i think as long as you keep the balance of the ingredients in there it will absolutely work <clears throat> so let me <clears throat> excuse me let me ask you uh, gosh so what happens when you quit smoking um <laughs> if you talk to folks in texas and we've got a lot of friends in Texas and a lot of people listen to the show down there, but Texas is Texas. And if you, you know what I mean by that, they, they jump higher, shoot straighter, best brisket in the world, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all fine and good. 
But when you're in the the Southwest, like Arizona and New Mexico, which that's what I think of as the Southwest. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do the flavor profiles differ with the actual chilies that you use? Because in Texas, they're huge on jalapenos. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, they put that on their cocoa puffs. So, I mean, (laughs) walk through that for our listeners, would you? Because I think there's a misnomer when you say Southwest. You you talk about, uh, to people that have lived there, you talk about, again, Arizona, New Mexico, parts of, you know, Southeast, Southern California, Imperial Valley, all that kind of stuff down there. And that, to me, is a different flavor profile then once you cross the Rio Grande. Yeah, it is um, the biggest difference I would say. And um, I know that people in Texas do this, so I'm not going to say nobody does, but I, I see more pickled vegetables um, in the Southwest, especially in Arizona. Like when you go to, you know, our taco stands, mm-hmm. it's definitely a wider variety of uh, different chilies pickled in different ways. And sometimes they'll have a wider variety of salsas. The same chilies, just cooked in different ways. We'll have a raw salsa verde, I'll have a charred one, a fresh habanero salsa, a charred one. Um, you, you, there's little taco stands out here that'll give you bags of carrots and pickled jalapenos, you know, together. And I know that they have that in other places too. I think that our flavors are a lot more focused on that. In, in Arizona, we definitely see more flour tortillas just mm-hmm. because we're in the Sonoran Desert. So we have that. Uh, uh, unique Sonoran wheat that's native to our desert. Um, you know, so we have more flour tortillas where, uh, you know, other parts of the Southwest might be a little bit more corn. So um, that's why I definitely see more bright flavors coming in as accents um, mm-hmm. to our food. It's uh, it, definitely more chili powders as well um, kind of come through. Well, I know that, when I lived down there a long time ago, but you could go to the little uh, Mexican stores and stuff, and they they would have the the strings of different peppers. But there was a lot of choices, you know. You, and when you walk in there, you didn't know what they were, and they were really kind and would explain stuff to you, and they'd say like, "This one's really hot. Don't do it," you know, whatever, like that. I I know they have that in Texas, but I still think the main profile. And somebody will write a note to us on this, so I'll take the heat, no pun intended. But I still think the biggest flavor profile is the jalapeno over there. Yeah, probably. I think if you were to pick one chili for Arizona, I would say that we probably use poblanos. Um, that's a tough one. I would, I'm would. i going to put foot in my mouth and say probably poblanos more over here. Yeah. Um, we still do have a lot of like pickled jalapenos and stuff, but I see a lot more dishes on restaurants that involve poblanos. So um, chipotle, I feel like everybody uses because it was delicious and yeah. spicy and uh, goes well with so many different things. But the actual pepper itself, yeah, poblanos. What's the biggest pleasure, Brad, you got out of writing the book? Probably just being able to go. I'd say one of the coolest moments was really going to Barnes and Noble, which is like a mile from my house and taking my kids there and then them seeing it on the shelf. You know, um, the book was really wrote for them more than anybody so that they just had some kind of marking on my food history. Um, So that was really a cool moment. Very surreal. You know, I've never sold any product before. So 
Um, it was a really neat moment to go there and see that with them. That's, That's cool. got to be really nice. Take, you know, kids, Barnes and Noble buy them an ice cream afterwards or whatever, you know, but to do that, that and that's got to be kind of a benchmark in your life too, I would think. Oh, know, absolutely. Personally. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, cause you know, this business was a hobby for an extremely long time and my retirement happened in January. So it's, it hasn't quite been three full months yet. So to be able to go and see, you know, fruit of the labor right there, right after it's, it's it reassuring. It's a nice feeling. Oh my God. There'll be no living with you. <laughs> <laughs> we are, uh, we are going to take another break and we're going to be back with uh, Brad pros who just wrote the book. Every time I hold up a book here, you really can't see it very well, but can see the green Put screen. It for, push it forward a little bit, maybe. Oh yeah. yeah a little yeah. bit back. It almost came up. There you go. Uh, I was going to be real. I was going to, I'll tell you this real quick. I was going to be I'll grab mine. Maybe okay. you'll see mine. Let okay. <laughs> I was going to be real tricky and put the, a screenshot of your book behind us. Here. And, <laughs> can you see it now? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There's Brad's yeah. book. There There's Chili's and Smoke, Brad Pros. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back, wrap up the show with Brad and Miss Leanne, and then we'll jump into After Hours. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation USA Radio Network. You can find us all over the, the web. Um... Uh, for the podcast version and then the after hours version, which is not aired on radio. Uh, that's where Brad can swear and scratch and do stuff like that. All that, it, stuff, yeah. all that good stuff. And uh, Leanne actually cracks jokes in that one every once in a while. So. Occasionally when I feel funny. <laughs> anyway. Oh my word. So Brad on the book. On the book, um, you, I just, I had this marked here. You had a grilled chicken fajita wedge salad, and yeah, I, I thought that was very awesome. cool because you mm -hmm. did the, you know, you grilled the vegetables, you grilled the romaine, you did all that. Tell us about the development of this one. I mean, I have made grilled salads like wedge salads for a while, um, and. The chicken fajita was definitely one that I needed to put in the book, uh, partially because I really wanted an, an, an easy way to communicate a, um, how to cook bell peppers so that they taste better. That was actually the goal of that recipe. It's a very simple process. The peppers are actually marinated um, very briefly with uh, red wine vinegar and olive oil. And I'm telling you that that slight difference in marinating those when you make um, fajitas is night and day versus just throwing them right on a grill uh, unseasoned. So um, the whole point of it was really to focus on the bell peppers, ironically, more than the salad. But um, I knew I wanted to do fajitas. I knew I didn't want to do it with tacos. And I wanted to have something that would be healthful um, that isn't common in barbecue. 
So it really came down to trying this. And I love grilled vegetables, um, especially different, uh, more sturdy leafy greens, mm -hmm. grilled celery. Um, it brings out the flavor. It really draws more of that sweetness and that natural flavor. Um, you know, the, the downside is if, if you do it for too long, it can be a little limp. So it's definitely one of those things you got to cook it and serve it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not something that can sit, but um, all the flavors are more intense when you do it that way. And I just, it's, it was so good, that salad uh, coming together. So if you're doing, uh, you know, vegetables and greens like that, do you recommend, and I know you do in the book, but do you recommend a lighter dressing instead of like dumping a half a gallon of ranch on it or something you know <laughs> yes i definitely do because what happens is is when you grill the vegetables especially like the romaine um it will wilt a little bit so if you start drenching it in like heavy ranch it's going to make the salad really soggy um so i do i think having really high quality ingredients um like those marinated onions and peppers. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that they almost bring their own dressing because of that olive oil and red wine vinegar. Right. So you don't need to add so much flavor because the chicken is juicy and marinated. The vegetables are marinated. And you've got a little drizzle. I put the mojo rojo sauce yeah. on there, yeah. which is later in the book, but you can use any of the sauces in the book for the, for the salad and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I've got one more question. Uh, technical question for you when you were doing you were you were doing ribs in the book mm -hmm. and you said something that that kind of caught my eye you said when you spritz them you only spritz spritz the edges so and uh most people when they grab their bottle of apple juice or whatever they're doing they they hit the whole thing i do that i don't know what leanne does because we've I never do. i do the whole thing yeah we've never I spritzed do. together Oh, no, but, uh, that. <laughs> but put that on the to-do list okay we will <laughs> we will how did you come up with that or what's your thoughts behind that so the one thing to point out is in the book they are baby back ribs right so not spare ribs if i were to do spare ribs there i would probably go ahead and spritz the whole thing i find that uh the with the baby back ribs they're so meaty um that sometimes the edges can get dry. It really just depends on your smoker. Um, and I'm just doing it to try to keep them hydrated. Um, right, right, right. Personally, right. I've never had a problem with baby backs uh, just because they are so meaty. Um, I tend to find that more uh, with spare ribs, which are more common in barbecue books too. Um, that was actually a tough decision. I originally wrote it for spare ribs and decided to go switch it uh, just to be that different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but really, for for me, in my testing and, and all the years of doing it, I've never had a problem um, with baby back ribs losing moisture just because of the, the extra thick um, layer on there. Um, that was really it. Uh, but I would definitely be spritzing the entire thing if it were spare ribs because they're a lot thinner. Got it. You know, we learned something uh, when we had Harry Sue on because we were talking about that before we recorded this show. And Harry put those two little wooden blocks under his brisket so that the juices wouldn't pool like that. And uh, I found that fascinating. I had never seen anybody do it. So I actually tried it at home and it really it works. works. It yeah, works. It totally does. Yeah. It totally. I, 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 sometimes I'll do it with uh, 
like a little piece of foil or something if I don't have the wood. But uh, yeah. yeah, it totally works. Little things like that make a big difference. Oh yeah, it was yeah. it was great. It was great. Um, Brad, where can people find not only the book? Like you can go to Amazon and get the book or whatever. But where can they find the book? Where can they find? Uh, your work and where can they get a hold of you if somebody has a question? Great question. I'd say the best place is probably my website, which is chiliesandsmoke.com. I've got a link for the book on there. You can email me from there as well. I'm also very active on social media, primarily through Instagram. Uh, you can message me on Chilies and Smoke. Um, I, I try to respond to everybody as best as I can. So, um, and if you do, buy the cookbook and cook a recipe in there, please tell me, I will share it. I love to see what people make. Um, even if it's a, a spin on a recipe, I get very excited about that. Um, so I, I love to share what people do. I'm going to do corn husks and shrimp. I'm going <laughs> to, there you go. Cause I love shrimp. And it's nothing to grill shrimp, you know. I mean, that's easy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fuss around with that, and I'll send you a picture at, at some point. As soon as the monsoons quit here, as they call it now, the atmospheric rivers. We used to call it the Pineapple <laughs> Express, but where I live, it's very wet right now. But when mm -hmm. we can do that, and I can really get outside and fuss around with it, then I'm I'm gonna do something with your, uh, with your uh, corn husk deal. That, that's a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Brad Prost, Chilies and Smoke, uh, his new book there. Thank you for being with us. Thank and Brad, you so much. Yeah, and Brad is going to stick around for the after hours abuse from Leanne. So <laughs> I am. he's going to like that. We're going to oh, be back man. next week. Uh, I think we're going to be talking some barbecue and race cars next week. I'm not sure, but I think that's on the schedule there. And uh, for Miss for Miss Leanne, the Hall of Famer. Got, and Yeah, Jeep Beach is coming up in Daytona. Yeah. Yep. End of the month, so yep. we got to get the lowdown. There you go. We'll be back. Uh, remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it, take care, and go out there and be kind. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.